This is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from... Where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. He's the son of the legendary Merle Travis. As a boy growing up in Hollywood, he was an actor and recorded his own music. He also became a stuntman while he was still only a boy. I'll have to fact check that, actually. Tom, save some uh, achievements for the rest of us at some point, even though you hate music. I hate um, music. He was nominated for Top New Male Vocalist of the Year by the Academy of Country Music. And he had a song called Smoke, Smoke, Smoke That Cigarette, where he did 13 different impressions, so we're kind of kindred in that regard. He's a buddy to Chris. And I, I was hoping he'd be a buddy of mine, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Tom Bresh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Nice to be here, especially because there's no music blaring at me. No, yeah. Well, we was going to have an orchestra come in. We canceled them yeah. after you started yeah. saying you hated music. So, Yeah. We start every show with a fast five. Fast five? I want to hear that the whole show. I want to hear you following your nails the entire <laughs> show. It, can't Man. hear anything. Can't hear it. I can't feel it. This thing's about worn out, Ken. Fast five. We ask you five fast questions. Yeah. You give us five fast answers. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. Favorite guitar maker? Well, if you even have one anymore. Del Langons. Never heard of that. Well. Is that what that is? No, that's a leech. What is his? Is that a Gretsch? This Guild. Is a Guild. Guild. I don't know what this one is. Alvarez. Hmm. So no Martin or Gibson. Y'all hate those or? I, I like uh, I like old. Uh, um, I used to. See, I can't even remember what the hummingbirds. I used to. Oh yeah. Fifty mm-hmm. something hummingbird. I've yeah. always wanted those. Martins. I've had Martins. I gotta look at what's yours, Ken. Uh, favorite guitar maker. Yeah. A lot of them. Bob Benedetto and John Buscarino, the two top guys. I would go with. You talking about like a custom job? I'm a like, custom guy. Yeah. yeah, you look like a custom guy. Yeah, this has been customized. This is not a stock guild. Oh, really? This has been John Montley owned, Bob Benedetto, and John Buscarino. Okay. It's your A, B, and C, isn't it? Yeah. 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 All you you New York people always talk. You get talk about these Italian guitar makers, Buscarino. Yeah. They made violins too. Yeah, I have no clue who any of those people are, but I'm sure they're amazing. Yeah. I'm sure. Google any of them and Is that be, be amazed. Harvey Leach? Harvey Leach. I know yeah. Harvey. Yeah. Yeah, he made that one. That's an exact replica of Travis's Martin D28. Really? With the Bigsby neck. Wow. I yeah. did not know that. It, right wow. to a T, too. We were, when he got that finished, I was playing Travis's. I put Travis down. I played this one. That's Harvey. back when I played. Harvey Leach is, is one of the the biggest inlay artists as well in the world mm. he's he, he he has guitars that i mean he has like $150,000 that one yeah it's like $100,000 guitars uh, for uh, Martin, uh for, he had the down the yeah. neck he had an entire bar scene and if you looked at it right you could see the chicks uh the 
I guess you'd be a hooker uh, standing at the bar, but you could see her in the mirror across the bar, and as you turn your head, she would she would do this. <laughs> I mean, he just amazing things with inlay. Yeah. Now, how did you know I used to be a hooker standing at a bar? Well, it <laughs> looked like it just. Have. I mean, yeah. you know, how did he know that? He looked. You look familiar. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> He's like, you, wait a minute. Were you in? <laughs> I think I remember you from <laughs> a bar back in <laughs> Texas. Uh, Ford, Chevy, or Dodge? Ford, Chevy, or Dodge? Uh, Chevy. You didn't seem like you were too sure about that. Do you, you well, like no, any because trouble? I've got a Chrysler, and it's giving me trouble right now. So that's a Dodge. This is a Chrysler, so I got off of that. Just got uh, out of okay. Chevy, I, I like. But I like I like old T-Birds and things like that. Right, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any of them. You're cool with all of them. Yeah. Pineapple on pizza or not? What kind? Pineapple on pizza or no? I'll eat it, but I don't. that's not my first choice. But yeah. you do like it. It's all right. We're yeah. almost friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> the screensaver on your phone, what is it? Or do you even have a phone? You yeah, hate phones, I too? I got a phone, but there's no screensaver on it. There's no screensaver on it? Uh-uh. What would you put on it if you if you knew what a screensaver was? I don't know what I'd put on it. You got any grandkids? Any? You put me on it, maybe? I'd, I'd, yeah, I I'd mean, go. you'd be just as good as any other screensaver. You know what? We're going to make that happen before the show's over. Oh, goody. We're going to get a picture and put me awesome. on Cats, Cats, dogs, or other? I like dogs, but I have a cat. I inherited the cat. It was Carver's cat. Oh, was it? You trying to get rid of it? No. I. He and I get along great. He's been with me 10 years. I know. Does he hate music, too? Is he what? Does he does he hate music too? I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he ain't gonna hear it in this house if he loves it. That's the fast five. Thank you for that. Was it? Doing that. that was five of them. That was really fast too. You oh, did good. Man. Moving right along. <laughs> I should have said, but at the beginning of the show, we have uh, Ken Spooner as well sitting here. Uh, Ken, uh-huh. I don't know much about you, but I know you got an Italian guitar. Played by a bunch of Italians and played no, by made, made by Italians. Made, made by Italians by and played by Chicago. Yeah, this right? is the guitar at Eight Chicago. Eight Chicago. Mm. What does that mean? Get close to this it's, mic for it's me. It's a big ass sounding guitar. Are we getting that? Are we getting yeah, that? man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it what does that mean though? At Eight thing. Chicago. What does that even mean? It's just, yeah, I got to ask this guy Ed Beaver who he introduced me to. So, yeah. You talking about Eight Chicago, the the city, or yeah, it's so big at Eight Chicago, the yeah. city, not yeah. the band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not no, the not band. the band. The band, no, not the band. Oh, because I'm a big Chicago Ch- fan. So Chicago I'm got one of these after I had this one. This one's 45 years old. Mm. They got theirs. They used it on "If You Leave Me Now." Yeah, yeah, I love that a, song. You like that song? I love it. Yeah, it sounds like a mandolin though. You got it tuned up to now. Yeah, yeah. Take away the biggest part of me. Oh, Jesus, yeah. singing music. Hey, hey, Tom. <laughs> Tom. Ooh, oh, oh, baby, please don't, don't go. go. That was Man. just for you, Tom. Man. <laughs> so, Tom, what was it like growing up as with Merle Travis as your father? What was that like? Just like having John Schwartz, I guess, as your father. Um it was just neat because I, I really liked that style of playing, and it was always handy, so I could listen to that. But I wanted to p- play piano, keyboards, and I had a gene inside me. I'm playing no damn 
keyboard playing <laughs> guitar. Yeah, just kind of pulled you. Yeah, so. <laughs> so you no. never started playing piano at all? No, I, I play a little piano, but it's a little, and I play it like a guitar. So you strap, you got the, the guitar? Yeah. You play yeah. a guitar? Oh, yeah. Do you really play a guitar? I, I was joking. No, I don't. Oh, that thing, I was thinking that was really, you really got my respect there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all gone now. But uh, yeah, well. your dad was great. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, so you got into acting as a boy. Did that just come naturally well, because see, you was in Hollywood? I have a dad and a father. My father's mm -hmm. Merle Travis. My dad, Bud Bresch, that raised me, was a cameraman for the uh, movie studios. So I was mm -hmm. raised at Corganville, which was a 2,200-acre movie lot where they shot all 90% of the westerns. And I knew every, every foot of that 2,200 acres, too. And I could make movies out there because I'd watch them make it. So I get my buddies. We go out there, and I said, "We need, <clears throat> we need some light." And they, uh, so I, the guy comes over and says, "You, how you kids doing up here?" I said, "Tell Clyde I need an eight, uh, six by eight uh, reflector down here on stand." Here come, here come the pickup truck. Maybe got to reflect, light up that whole thing and. I shot a lot of eight millimeter stuff in those old days. Now, wow. because I'm into video and I've been in film my whole life, but I wish I had that that uh, venue now. Oh, oh boy, man. wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. Wow. But I don't. Got a pandemic in Old Hickory. I sit there on Old Hickory Boulevard and watch the traffic go by. Maybe that's why I don't like. It's probably what it is. Probably. We'll have to come pick you up every now and then and take you to go look at a river or a lake or something. Yeah. A sunset. <laughs> we'll watch a sunset together. You and like the sunset? computer in, my, in Edgar the Wonder Car, I got a Chrysler 300, the main module computer went out, and so did everybody else's because the, the whole world is on a two-month uh, back order. Oh, mm. I bet it is. Yeah. I mean, how how can that be? Mm. Tom, yeah. I can see where the... I bet Chevy doesn't do that to you. That doesn't happen to Chevy. Mm -mm. I'm a Chevy guy. Ken, what are you? Everything. Mercedes. You look like a Mercedes guy. Bentley. Bentley, <laughs> man. I yeah, owned one. He had a nice Bentley. I had a beautiful Bentley, yeah. Wow. 53. Oh, wow. Car. Had a Jaguar. I traded the Jag for the Bentley. It was the best car deal I ever made in my life. Mm. You drive a Bentley right now. No, I drive a Chevy. Uh, my man. <laughs> HHR. <laughs> my it's man. A, it's a, it's a, yeah. With a Bentley logo on the front of it. Did I see what you did? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same color as my Bentley. Yeah. Well, Chrysler has a Bentley grill on the front it of it. It sort of does, yeah. yeah. What was the last acting project you were actually involved with? Acting project? As far as you acting. It would be one from the heart, Francis Ford Coppola. And that was before I moved here. I moved here in 83. I haven't done any acting since I moved here. Matter of fact, I keep getting these things to be a extra in music videos and all that. They send me this whole thing. If you're between this age and this age, we'll pay you twenty dollars a day or something. I don't know what the hell. I, I don't have any interest in that either. I wouldn't imagine you would. Who no. would want to do that? Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. It'd be an extra. But if somebody offered you a role, say. 
as a guitar player. No, in a God, movie. I don't play guitar anymore. You wouldn't take a role as a guitar player. Oh, I would if I had to. You would if they said, we'll pay you $1,000 a day to play this That's guitar. That's all? Well, we'll pay you $10,000 a day. <laughs> well, I play guitar, What's the number it takes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're going to be acting with Brad Pitt and well, whoever your favorite actors are. I don't know who you know. Do you even watch TV at all anymore? You like you? What do I, you like? Uh, I like everything. You don't like music? No, I'm not crazy about music. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do on a daily basis? That like, what's a hobby of yours now? Film, video, pictures, and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm always buying a new camera, so then <clears throat> gives you something to learn because I always have everything in a different place. Right. Nice. Right. Yeah. That's true. You know, so. So you actually, because you actually did videos for some big time country artists back in the day, didn't you? Yeah, I've done a few. For Brooks and Dunn and yeah. Jerry Reed. Yeah, Jerry Reed. I miss Jerry. He Man. didn't like music either, see. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. I love Jerry Reed. I think he was one of the most underrated, especially guitar players. Well, not by guitar players, he wasn't. Underrated. Oh, really? Well, I mean, as far but as the, like everybody, you I know. I know, but people don't know he plays. He, ne he never played. He came out once he became an actor. That was it, you know. I got a funny story about Jerry and acting. He was working on a movie. I don't remember which one it was, but he was up for a Grammy. And he called Chet. And he said, Chester, <laughs> son, I'm up for a Grammy. I need you to go up and pick it up for me because I'm going to be down here shooting this movie and I can't get up there. And Chet says, uh, that's why Chet talks, don't you know? And he says, well... I got news for you, Reed. I'm up for same Grammy, and I have never lost a Grammy. People go down there, and they write down oh, instrumental. There's Chet Atkins, and they just do that. They don't even know you play. Okay, well, but anyway, and the winner is Jerry Reed. Oh. Chet gets up, and Mosey's up there. He's down doing a movie. I guess that's more important than getting his Grammy, but I'll take it to him. Thank you. <laughs> and he so thanks you. <laughs> so it was, Jerry told me his months went by. I didn't mention Chester. He didn't mention to me. Months went by. And he says, we went to have lunch one day after playing golf. And I told Jerry, I said, I got your Grammy out there in the trunk of my car. I wish you'd pick this thing up. So Jerry says, yeah. So we finished eating, went out there through the golf clubs, and he, this little box, here's your Grammy. Thank you, Chester. We hugged goodbye and went home. Later on that night, I opened up to show everybody my Grammy at the house, and it looked like somebody took a ball-peen hammer and beat the hell out of this, the 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 the, the megaphone, or what was that yeah. called? The, you know, the, that was all caved in, and it was just beat all to hell. And he called, Jerry said, I called Chester. I said, I pulled my Grammy out. Thanks for customizing it. Well, just don't ever try doing that again. <laughs> wow. That's messed up, man. Man, that's like, so I said, was that's Chet, like mafia. Was Chet being funny? Well, he says he thought he was. He thought he, I was doing Chet's voice. I, yeah, my voice is messed up, too. But, yeah, he said he was. that's Chet's humor. That was supposed to be humorous. Yeah. <laughs> sounded like he was a little bitter. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. I always thought so. Yeah. I don't, I don't you can't you can't come destroy my car and go, That's just the way I am. It's my humor. 
A buddy of mine you know used, to, I mean? used to work at Gibson, and uh, <laughs> you know who? Yeah, you probably know Dr. Alton. Yeah. Well, Dr. Like uh, I guess he, they got him up and played. It was it was a Gibson Christmas thing, and Chet was there, and and he was he was he was he thought he was going to do like a you know this big homage to Chet. Because I, I wrote this. And you know, Dr. Alton was like, I, "I wrote this for Chet," and I, he, he said, "Chet just eating," so he never looked up. No, <laughs> never looked up. He goes, "I wrote this for Chet," and, and he plays it, and he plays this thing, and he comes out, and uh, he was sitting. You know, my buddy was at work for Gibson, so he was sitting right there, and, and he comes up, and and he's uh, he says, "So, so Chet, so what did you think? Uh, what did you think of my my song I dedicated to you?" He said, Chet just started, was just eating, never looked up to him. He says, I wouldn't have played it like that. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was like you just stuck mm. a pin in DR, and he just melted. You know? <laughs> so, so Chet wasn't a real good fellow then. <laughs> I got a Chet Gibson story for Oh, me. yeah? Yeah, that's where we met. <laughs> I worked at Gibson when I first moved to town here 35 years ago, and uh, – it was a temporary job. I right. wasn't planning to stay there, so it didn't matter. But anyway, uh, just before I started there, I was pumping gas up on McGavick Pike, uh, waiting for the Gibson job to open up. <clears throat> That's a long story, but we won't go into that. <clears throat> so anyway, um, it was uh, August 16th. As a matter of fact, Bob Orman, a columnist at the Tennessean, oh, yeah. had done yeah, a story love him. <laughs> on my re- re- relocation to Nashville as a songwriter. And, what, and my past and all that other stuff. And I had written a song called All the King's Men. Mm-hmm. And it's about all the guys that backed up Presley. <clears throat> Never mentions him. But you can, if you can't figure it out, there's something wrong with you. you know. Anyway, so there it is. It's, Tennessee. it's a Sunday afternoon. This guy rolls into the guest that a full-service thing. I pump his gas. He hands me his credit card. And I recognize his name, which I can't remember right now. But he, I knew he was Chet's road manager. So I said to him, I said, you happen to see the Sunday paper today, uh, the Tennessean? He says, uh, what about? As I handed back his card, I says, well, uh, there's an article in there uh, that it's a, Chad, Chad Atkins is in it. I said, I wrote about him. I said, and he looked, he said, oh, yeah, that, that was you in the picture. Yeah, yeah. I says, yeah, well, um, you think Chad would like to hear that song? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure he would. Uh, you know where his office is? Yeah, sure, I know where his office is. Well, bring it on over, you know. Yeah, tell them I sent you, you know. So Wednesday was my day off. <clears throat> I go over there, knock on the door on 17th Avenue there. It opened about a half of an inch, and this big dog stuck his head out, and I backed up three feet. And this woman says, can I help you? And I said, uh, whatever his name was, it escapes me now. We'll call him escapes me now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> brought, like told me to, brought me over this, this tape for Chet. And she just took it and she just closed the door. That was that. That's August sixth. That's the day of Presley's death. You know. That was a good story. So yeah, it's a good story, oh, but it gets it better. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's I'm at Gibson for two weeks, <clears throat> and uh, I've got a job that uh, I can't uh, have. There's not enough. T- I can't fill it. it, it uh, there's not enough to do. So I wander around a lot. You know, I'm, I'm in the back in the factory there. But anyway, so there's. Uh, Mr. Guitar himself <clears throat> in the uh, custom shop with his boys and so forth. And this guy, we had this guy, Bill Lawrence, crazy German, mad German, plays everything on 15. 
you know, even though if I went to Ted, Phil can get it. He's, he's playing the, the Chet Atkins solid body guitar, and Chet's standing behind him holding his ears. <laughs> and I just stand outside the door, and I wait. Well, anyway, the smoke clears, and it's all over with. I walk over. This is a good time to introduce myself. <laughs> so I walk in. I said, hey, Chet, uh, Mom Ken Spooner. I says, um, say, George Lund. That's his name. It escapes me now. George Lund sent me over with a tape about a week, uh, a month ago, called All the King's Men. I was wondering if you got to hear it. And he just gives me that cold stone mountain <laughs> stare. Looks at me. I mean, holy, you know, oh, what did I say wrong? Yeah. I don't know why people bring me tapes. I don't produce anybody anymore. I can't do the voice like he does. it. So I said, oh, oh, okay, well, thank you. And I walk away. Mm-hmm. Well, that wasn't good enough for Chet. He follows me down the hall, taps me on the shoulder. Probably didn't call you because it wasn't any damn good. That's probably why I didn't call you. Whoa. I get back to my desk. I tell him a guy who's been there forever. He says, Jesus, I just had a run-in with uh, Chet Atkins. I said, man, he's what? what? As I talked to him about He said, you didn't get the memo? He says, what memo? I says, no one is approaching when he's here at Gibson. I says, when was that come out? He says, last January. I says, how long have I been here? You know. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, that's my Chet story. Yeah. Wow. Chet. I, I hit him on a bad day, I guess. <laughs> Man, it sounds like everybody Chet hits him on a, a bad really day. was a really nice guy. I don't know why we're all making him look like an asshole. Yeah, no, no, no. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 I always had his records, and I always thought he seemed like a nice person, but maybe I was wrong when I seen him uh, do a show with uh, Billy Gibbons. You know who Billy Gibbons mm-hmm. is? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Billy Gibbons was on the front row, and then Chet uh, called him up. He said, there's a guitar player here. Yada 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 calls him up, and he's he gets on stage and he goes, uh, uh, Billy Gibson, uh, <laughs> he, his name's Billy Gibson right here, and uh, now I'm kind of thinking because Billy goes, huh, all right, like that, and I'm kind of thinking now at this point, that was on purpose. That's what I think. I think Chet did that on purpose. <laughs> I always thought what Bill, Chet had no clue apparently who he was, right? Which is crazy already to me. Well, that he wouldn't know Billy Gibbons, but now I'm wondering. If you did it on purpose. I don't like Chet Atkins too much anymore. Oh, he's all right. No, I don't like him. Nah. <laughs> you know, Travis, they did that uh, Circle Be Unbroken album with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Mm-hmm. And they had dats rolling everywhere because they didn't want to miss anybody's stories between anybody. So they used Travis's story. He was talking with Doc Watson. And I said... Uh, Travis, you you called him Doc Watkins on the close enough on that the album. He he said I'd never met Doc. I, I thought his name was Watkins, and I said I wanted to use his whole name. I said Doc Watkins, not to me. <laughs> so that's kind of like Billy Gibson. Yeah. So I didn't know Tom uh, that you had performed for for Bob Hope. Yeah. What was that? Um, it was at the Iridium or the what well, riveting. <laughs> it was at the. Uh, There's a segue. Yeah. The Fountain Blow Hotel down in Miami. Mm-hmm. They uh, called me up. That's when I had a song. It had to be like '76 because I had a song out called "Homemade Love." And so they flew me in there and they said, uh, "We're paying you twenty-five thousand bucks to do your song." And then play one also. That's all you have to do. Give you a room, great dinner. Mm-hmm. 
And so uh, I went down there, and there's Bob Hope was the, the host of the whole thing. He comes over and introduces himself and sat down. Because I had met Bob Hope. He wound up buying the movie ranch out there. He paid. He bought that movie ranch from Corgan. So he remembered me from that, and uh, we talked a little bit and all that. Anyway, I did my song. I couldn't wait to get my hands on that 25 grand that they're going to pay me. And he came over. Here we have a photo op. When he got, came off, here comes Bob. He says, here, we got a big check for you. This is for the picture. He holds one side, and I hold the other. Tom Brush, $25,000. We grin. They shoot the picture, and they take it, and the guy comes up to the accountant and says, uh, here is your check. Will you sign this, please, right here? Endorses what are you gonna care? Thank you. And here's your write off. I got a twenty five thousand dollar write off. Write off. Yeah, that goes right to the Yeah. Whoever the hell it was. For. Yeah, that's not a check. That's no. a, yeah. So I autographed it to them so they could I don't know what they did, but I got my picture taken. So with you it. didn't get the money. I didn't get any money. You just donated to a charity. You didn't really know That's about. That's what it, it was. <laughs> wow. Pat Buttram was on that that show too, and he says, "Did you have to sign over your check to him?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> did you? When they asked you to do that, did you go? I I don't want to donate to the charity. I need that money. No. You just did it. No. Sign it over. I saw everybody was signing their checks. Thought they were going to do a batch cashing or something. I wonder what would have happened if you would have said, "I'm going to keep my money." This is a Fontainebleau hotel. You just wouldn't have left. Nobody would have ever seen you again. That's <laughs> <laughs> where Sam Giacana and the boys stayed yeah, when they went down there. It's tough to hear about Tom Bresh, but before he went, he donated twenty five thousand dollars to. Yeah, <laughs> this charity. Before, well, before he left us, before he left us, this cruel world. Did you hear? Yeah. It was yeah. such a great guy. He yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Old Tom. He never got mad at a soul. <laughs> yeah, I don't like hotels anymore now. <laughs> Can you still do all the impressions that you Not did? Not many of them. Everybody's died, so I don't do them. You know. Who all did you do in the song "Smoke"? I smoke, did. Smoke. Uh, oh, that one had like thirteen impressions. Jimmy Carter. Uh, who is who is it? Uh, Archie Bunker and uh, and Edith, huh? And Edith too. You did Edith, didn't you? Did you Archie and Edith both? Oh, maybe Edith. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Ch yeah. Chimed in. Mm -hmm. uh, John Wayne was in it. Uh, Paul Lynn, do you remember him? <laughs> oh uh, yeah, he was funny. I, he was on the. Whatever that game show was, it's Hollywood Square. Hollywood Square. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There were thirteen of them, but they're all dead. So, what impressions can you do now? I don't do many at all. I want to hear one. Well, let, let me let, wait, wait just a second. Let me do you some Fred G. Sanford. <laughs> the G. Sanford guitar <laughs> for all y'all dummies that are watching. Oops, there goes the ratings for this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they everybody, turned, everybody oh, well. used to have a sound. It's like people that that made records. Roger if, Miller. They came on. You you know who you're listening to immediately because everybody had a sound. Now right. everybody sounds the same. 
actors were the same way. How do you do an impression of Tom Cruise? How do you do Leo DiCaprio? How do you do Brad Pitt? You brought him. I mean, right. nobody's got a sound anymore. Right. Where hmm. they all that was that same was thing with music too. Like I, I yeah. always I always ask people. I'm like, man, where where is the where is the John Andersons? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, a person, it, the literally, the, the mean, first word the they sing. Yeah, the first word they sing, you're like, oh, that's John oh, Yeah, Cash, too, the same yeah. thing. You know who it was. Man. I think yeah. those people still exist, though. I don't agree that everybody sounds the same. Don't agree with that at all. Really? People say that all the time. I yeah. I think, that, I think that Luke Combs is very distinctive voice. I, know who, I, I don't even listen to country music, but I know Luke Combs. I can tell when it's Luke Bryan. I can definitely tell when it's Garth Brooks. All those Brooks. sound the cool same. Hand Luke. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people I can, and I don't even listen to the radio much. You know, I never could tell George Strait when he come out. There, here's a song, and I listened to it, and who is that? I said, I have no idea. And they said, that's the new one by George Strait. Well, it could have fooled me. He never had a sound to me. No. Once you know the song, you know it's George Strait. But he never sounded, he just sounded like another. Well, he sounded like Dean Dillon. <laughs> I don't know who Dean Dillon he is. He wrote all of his songs. Oh, okay. Did they sing? George, did, uh, yeah, they said they're sang pretty like similar. Him? Yeah. Really? Uh, jo- yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, George Strait, if I'm not mistaken, George has had 60 number ones. I think Dean wrote 40 of them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> He's, that man's got nice, some money. That's a nice check. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That man got that money. Yeah. Yeah. He actually got his check, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They he didn't send it off. He gets his checks. <laughs> I watch the Sony account, so I, when they pay me, I know they pay him. They pay him a lot more. So I call, hey, time for you to buy lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are they? they, they what, were, what are you? What are songs did you write? Uh, well, I, my, my big rent payer was uh, one called "If the Devil Danced in Empty Pockets." He'd have a ball. Oh, mind. you wrote that? I certainly did. Now I know that song. Kim Williams and I wrote that. Together. Son of a gun. Lo- yeah, love yeah. Kim too. That's the first song, song we ever wrote together. The really? Devil dance with empty pockets. Yeah. He'd have a ball tonight. Yeah. In, in mine, yeah. In mine, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's a great song anyway, even though Thank I messed you. up the lyric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'd have a ball, you know. Yeah. 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 No, that is well, a great maybe song. Maybe two. Yeah. So, like after that, what? Like you didn't. Get any more? Like uh, that probably went number one, I, didn't it? Yeah, number one. Number yeah. one. Yeah, got me that little gold number one pin. Yeah. So that was a huge song. And it made some. How many of those big gold checks. number one pins you got? Do you Not have enough. them anywhere? Well, Not depend, enough. That's S-cap. <laughs> Never enough, right? <laughs> Not enough, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I thought it should have been easier after that. It got harder. Um, had a bunch of them lifted, which we won't get into that story, but uh, that's my story on that. Um, that was a good story. There's your trouble, yeah. Uh, oh, you, oh, my God. No, I didn't write Oh, my God, yeah. You wrote There, there no, no, there's, no, no. You wrote There's Your Trouble? Uh, no. Oh, okay. We won't get... We, we okay. Just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Said I had a bunch of them lifted. Oh, lifted. I, I see, I see. I see, okay. said the blind man. Stolen, guy. yeah. Anyway. He wrote it, so borrowed, people. Borrowed, we say in this town. They don't steal them. <laughs> They're too polite to do that. Plus, they have enough talent to rewrite them, just enough. You can't mm. copyright a title. And enough attorneys. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, don't uh, mistake uh, having a deal for talent. Yeah, uh, Lyle Lovett's <laughs> cut one uh, that no one's ever heard because he never released it, but it's in the can with a full big band. And oh wow! Mm. Um, some independent acts. There's a really fine singer who should have been a star, but uh, get on an independent label, and that's the end of that. 
uh, named Ron Williams. You Who? might have heard of Leona Williams' son, Ron Williams. Oh, really? No. Well, I don't know Merle, who Merle Haggard was his stepdad. Oh, and wow. And he sounds just like him. Who's I don't Merle know. Haggard? I'm just messing with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a Merle Travis's son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he? Named after his daddy. <laughs> now, him and Haggard, they went to, out on tour together. Tom and Haggard. That's really? That's the stories there. Yeah. So UFOs and all kinds of. How was Merle Haggard? Was he a good fella or was he like Chet? No, he was great. Chet's yeah. a good guy. Was great. Chet was and great. a great guitar player. No, oh yeah, we can't ever. Well, take that nobody's ever going to be able to say he's not a, one of the best guitar players. No matter, yeah. no yeah. matter how hateful he was in real life. Yeah, well, he was uh, one of the best. He was ever. generous too. I mean, there's, there's a yeah. you know, for every as long as you wasn't winning his Grammy. Story. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was Reed, you know. But I mean, Tom and 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 Chet did a lot of shows together, and uh, yeah, they, he met him when he was t- Tom met Chet when he was ten. Mm. There's pictured them together. Yeah, I've known you a long time, Tom. I did not know. Uh, no, were you really a, a stunt man? Yeah, stunt boy. Stunt boy, Hollywood's youngest stunt man. They called me. Really? They ha- hung that on me. I think so. I would walk in the Hollywood parade every year, the Thanksgiving yeah. parade, carry that sign for Corgan. Tell them that Johnny Crawford. Off the horse story. Yeah, yeah, I did a thing for the rifleman. Johnny Crawford had to fall off a horse, so I got that. Oh wow! That was can easy. you get? Can you get a little closer to that microphone, please? Sure. <laughs> please, yeah, sure. he can. I'm begging you. He can. The editing is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Man. That's a radio. I didn't want to miss his stories. Uh, They're good I'm stories, man. They're great stories. They really. Yeah, are. when Johnny Crawford was playing. You know, Luke McCain, another Luke. Little Luke. Big Luke. name today, Luke. Luke. Yeah, Luke, Luke the Drifter. Yeah, it, but anyway, he had this this thing where he fell off this horse because a rattlesnake came out and scared the horse, and he fell off. So I did that horse fall. They had a great big mattress, and they covered it with dirt. All they had to do is just jerk on the rain a little bit so the horse moves and fall off the horse. Mm. Then I did that. Okay, we got it. That, that'll wrap that. Uh, and then Johnny came in. Okay, Johnny lay down and they brought him over a, a thing that looked like a pillow, but it was a styrofoam rock. So <laughs> hit your head on this when you fall down. So Johnny sits up and then he falls down and hits his head on the pillow there, this styrofoam rock. <laughs> It was great, though, when I saw it played back, you know. (laughs) Johnny was out riding his horse all by himself. And then they showed this rattlesnake. I don't know where the hell they got that stock footage. Rattlesnake coming up. And then you saw Johnny riding again closer to the rattlesnake close up. And then you saw the Johnny stopped to uh, look at his GPS or something. I don't know why he <laughs> yeah, stopped. Yeah, he was looking at but his he GPS. like this, and they showed the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then they showed the, the rattlesnake again, which there was none of, and then they riled the horse up. horse went up, came down, and that's where then I, I fell off because when it came down, that's when Johnny fell off and hit his head on the rock, and he was out, and you saw the... Snake crawling up towards Johnny, which wasn't there, of course. Then they went to commercial, came back. Here comes Lucas McCain, finds his son laying there, takes out his gun, kills the rattlesnake. That wasn't there. 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was fun. You know, I used to like to go through. The, they they had a big saloon, and if there was if they were shooting in the saloon, you knew there was going to be a saloon fight. Or why go in the saloon? Why not just do the dialogue somewhere else? Blacksmith right. shop. No. So they're in there, and I could see them putting in the new windows. <laughs> Boy, I go over to the director, or stunt coordinator, who, hey, can I go through the window? You put somebody through it. You're too young. I was about 13 or 14. No, no, you can't. You're not even old enough to be in the bar. If they don't know that, just dress me up and let me go through that window. <laughs> they said, well, no, we can't do it. God, I love to jump through those windows. <laughs> they did. They put up a couple of different panes of glass, and then the stuntman went through it, hit him, and they went through the... So <laughs> they put up another one. They said, okay, kid, go through. All right, I'll jump through the damn window. I've seen pictures of them up on the roofs, too, in gunfights. And, it's uh, uh, That was just water and sugar mixed together. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's how they make the bottles and stuff. They yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't oh, hurt I didn't you, know that. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. I knew they had breakable ones, but back then, yeah, you probably probably had to make them. Right, they make them still. Yeah, I they mean, but they're probably professionally made now. Back then, they pro. I mean, well, I think you, they were professionally made then. They put them in a. There was people who actually did I put the sugar you. and water yeah. into a mold. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Tom, at the begin, at the middle of the show, we uh, like to do what's called what not to eat. We tell you exactly what not to eat. We was talking about it earlier. Yes. And we ready to show you what you ain't supposed to eat. You might have ate some of it. I don't know. Oh, let's hear about it. <laughs> you ready? Yes. You might have eaten a few things in your lifetime. I know Chris and Marty sure have. But these are things they would never eat. This is what not to eat. Ew. Mine is a name I can't really pronounce, but I'm going to try my best. It's Huitalach. Uh, Koshe. <laughs> it's it's corn smut. You know what corn smut is? No. Corn smut is a fungus that turns normal corn kernels into tumor like growths covered in black blue spear spores. Huh. Wow. Uh, yeah. To most it's a corn cob that needs to be thrown out, but to Mexicans it's a delicacy. We got some what back country there. makes the, this? Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. There, there was a name that as soon as you start, said corn smut, you know what name come to my mind? Cornography. Was it because I used to be a hooker in a bar? Yes. Oh, That's Lord exactly what. Jesus. Oh, right there it is. Look, there it is. That there it is. <laughs> look at that. Good looking smut. Though. Uh, hey, look at that smut. That's you blue smut. smut. You. You smut. You. That's blue smut. They pick that off wow. and eat it. Man. With some tacos. Mm. <laughs> Taco. Oh, man. Tacos and burritos smut right there. Smut tacos. Corn tumors. That's what I call them. Man. You know, I got any corn tumors. I remember tumors? when my mama used to make me smut tacos. They were so good. They don't make them. Yeah, corn smut tacos? Corn smut tacos. Yeah, yeah. I ate one of your mom's smut tacos. Yeah, man, those smut tacos. Golly, and my, my grandpa would make the smut tamales. They were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> smut tamales. <laughs> What's yours? Okay, yours. so I have, this has a delightful name. Whoever, now this is marketing right here because uh, the name of this is Bat Paste. Mm. Yeah. This delightful dish is considered weird even, even the few Asian countries where it's eaten. First, 
A live bat is forced into a vat of boiling milk. I like how they say forced. Yeah. Because like, is it alive? It's just, or, well, I guess. I it says it's, it's forced into a vat. I think of, they're holding it down in the boiling then, milk or something. once it's reached optimum malleability, that's a word. I know it's a word. The bat is sliced into fine bits, mixed with various herbs and spices, and mm. mashed into a pulpy paste. Ooh. We got a picture of that, Ben, or no? Bat paste. Bat paste. Man. Good old bat paste. That don't, that ain't the one that shows it off as good as... No, this... Look at this one. Look at this one right here. <laughs> oh, jeez. Look at that. Ugh. Yeah. Ooh, man. Oh, man. You can glue some paper man, together with you that could now. get a biscuit and sop that up. And I remember back in the day, Bat Pace was my nickname in high school. <laughs> bat Pace. Man, it was good. old Bat Pace. Yeah, oh, oh, there's Bat Pace coming through. wonder what Look happened to old Bat Pace. <laughs> bat Pace. Hey, that's right. Now, that was the what not to eat for this show. Oh, God. Whatever happened to the D.B. Cooper song? I don't really know whatever happened to that, but they're still playing it, and they're still making uh, – documentaries on D.B. Cooper because they've never found one. the guy. I just saw one the other day. Yeah, Carver was telling me, that, hey, I saw this new D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Did they play the song or have anything on it? No, it didn't on this one. Yeah, but But what? I remember when we cut that thing. They 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 didn't they didn't let you release it, did they? Yeah. Yeah, it went out. It did, it did pretty well, actually. But the FBI there in Seattle, we cut it in Seattle. It was written in Seattle. We had it out like three days after he did it. So um, FBI said, if you get any kind of crank mail or anything, you call us up, leave it alone, we'll collect it. So I got a call from, uh, uh, I think it was Neil Rush, it was at Merrily Rush's studio. Do you remember Merrily Rush, any of you? Never heard Angel that name. In the morning. She had the original Angel oh, of the Morning, yeah. and yeah. Uh, oh, she was great rock and roll singer and mm -hmm. she had this wonderful studio up there and her husband ran the thing and that's where we cut it so i get a call from it was merrily or neil said hey you got a fan letter from db cooper over here i said oh I better come over yeah we called the fbi so you better so i came over and said, what are you talking about and it was all pasted together this letter you know pasted from different cutouts of letters Thanks for the great song, having a good time. Uh, I don't remember. He's, thanks for the plug or whatever <laughs> at the end. D. And uh, mm. then there was a piece of a $20 bill, and they put the $20 bill with a, with a what do they call those things that hold like a, it? Like a safety pin? or Yeah, a, but it's made for paper. I want to oh, see if you band. guys come up with it, huh? A band? Paperclip. Paperclip. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, I, was, I didn't think he'd come <laughs> up with it. So it had a paperclip with this $20 bill or piece that had the serial number. That's, really? Because whoever sent this in a camera, it was postmarked uh, from like Dominican Republic or somewhere. Oh, my God. Having a great time. Da, 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 thanks for the song. Uh, da, da, D, it might have been D or DB. So the FBI comes over there and the guy goes through it. Yep, that's a number. Where does this thing come from? 
Wow. And that was the last you heard? Yeah, that was the last I heard of it. That's crazy. That is crazy. I got a call one afternoon. They said, hey, they want you on the Merv Griffin show. I said, great. I had never done the Merv Griffin show at the time. And I said, yeah, that'll be fun. And Neil Rush said to me, don't do it. Why? It's a plug for the record, and they want me to do the song on there. And he says, you're going to be on there with the head of the FBI that's heading up the investigation on D.B. Cooper, head of the Airline Pilots Association, and the head of Northwest Orient Airline, who was ripped off. They said, they're just going to run you over the, the ringer. You don't want anything to do with that. Man. So then the FBI stopped inter-ship, interstate shipment of the record. So that was the end of the record. It's, wow. That's glorifying an outlaw. Isn't that something? Yeah. Wow. That's so, crazy. Yeah, so that was that. But well, they up in Seattle, every station, even the news stations played it. Easy listening, country, the big rocker, KJR, the big rocker up there. Playing it like the national anthem. That's the way they said it. Hey, playing his record like the national anthem. <laughs> Two times, three times an hour sometimes the song wow. would play. Yeah. Because mm. this guy jumped out of, asked for $200,000 in unmarked $20 bills, and he popped out of the back of the plane. And they don't know where he went off. They know he went off between here and here. Right. But that's a big area. And they said, well, he would have never survived if he jumped off here. It's all wooded. This guy knew everything he was doing, this D.B. Cooper guy. Right, right. Because he had the plane put it in slow flight with so much degree of flaps on, they opened the back of the 727 and nobody was back there, and he was staying in touch. He says, uh, stay on this heading, you know, up on the flight deck. Yeah, okay. Finally, they come back to him. Uh, we're going to have to change heading because we're coming into Portland or Seattle or wherever it was they were coming into. Can I change the heading? So, sent a flight attendant back there. She says, he's long gone. So they don't know when he went they out. They don't know where he went. No, yeah, where they just he went, know out, he went yeah. out. They said he couldn't have lived in the darkness of night. Mm. But they've they've searched that area. Nobody ever found anything. Hmm. And we got yeah. a note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He heard wow. your song. Well, who knows? You know, who knows the the if the note was real, you know, you don't know anything. We're just going to assume it was, and he heard it, and he sent that to you. But the $20 bill, that number was real. Yeah, that's the thing is the $20 yeah. bill. It's like. Yeah, know. that's when they picked everything was real. up off the deal and put it in this envelope. He was honored by your song. That's what it was. He had to, he had to make contact with you, even if it meant getting thrown in jail. That's a pretty good song. Yeah, it was a good song. It was well written. What I'm saying is that's that's a testament to a good song. Somebody says, "I'm going to risk going to prison." <laughs> that's to true. Let him know that I love that song. <laughs> yeah, because I wouldn't do it. Dominican. Yeah, or any song. It could be my mama's song. I ain't going to send if I, if it's going to prison. I'm not going to say, "Hey, I love that song." If it's going to get me caught. Well, how are they going to catch him? He's I don't been know. writing back and forth to people. Because that's why they said if you get anything that looks like it's crank mail, you call us immediately. Mm. Wow. Well, so. maybe he maybe that's what it was. Maybe he wasn't scared of nothing. Tom, we uh, we we <laughs> end we end every show with an unbelievable fact, and uh, it's facts that are true, but you can't really hardly believe it. You ready? I'm ready. You ready, Ken? Uh huh. 
Unbelievable fact for this episode is Iran arrested 14 squirrels on suspicion of espionage. They thought the squirrels were too close to a nuclear plant, and they proudly stated that they were able to apprehend the squirrels before they were able to do any damage. Wow. That's a true story. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. But 14 it's... squirrels arrested, handcuffed. <laughs> Man. And little bitty handcuffs. That's nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> they don't fit the... I know. <laughs> Tom, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having Ken, me. Thanks in. for coming yeah, in. Thank you guys so much. Someday maybe we'll hear you play again. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whoever's out there listening, if you ever get a chance to hear Tom play, let me tell you something. Yeah, he 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 he's he's one of the best. And I, yeah. I, I I I'm glad to call you friend, Tom. Thank you so much for for coming I'll out and talking that. to us. I'll I'm glad that. to call you acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> you know any good deals on a Chevy? Let me know. I, well, I might have one outside. I'll see you. Just it's hold down off. At the levee, isn't it? Hmm? It's down at the levee. It's down at the levee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Che- you yeah. sound like you was in the mafia. Chevy at the levee. Yeah, that kind of scared me. I'm from me Long Island. <laughs> down at the levee, huh? Down at the levee. Yeah, down at the levee. <laughs> With the sacrete. Where we drop the bodies. Down there? Yeah. yeah. Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rogue for supplying the sound with Roadcaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it. Tom Bresh, Ken Spooner, thank you so much for being on the show. Anybody that listened, Tom Bresh is actually a legend guitar player. You would do yourself a favor by looking him up. He's got a great story. Thank you all. I love you so much. God bless.